Aloha, this is Pastor Perry, and I want to thank you for joining us online to study the Word of God together. We pray that you will be blessed as the Holy Spirit ministers to you through this message and through God's Word. There's something special about a baby. They're cute, they're cuddly, they're needy, they're loving, and they love to be held, and, and people love to hold babies. I've noticed at church, you'll see babies being held by, well, children that aren't much older than the baby themselves, and they're carrying them and trying not to fall with them and, and just loving their babies. And complete strangers love babies. And if you have a baby, you've experienced this, that a complete stranger will see you with the baby. Maybe your baby's in a buggy or a stroller or something, and, and they bend over really close to your baby. And then they take their unwashed hands. You have no idea where those hands have been. <laughs> and they, if they're me, they touch the foot. They feel that's safe, but they touch the cheek and the hand. And, and who knows what that person's been touching before your baby, but people just love babies. And not just adult people love babies, but kids love babies, and everyone seems to love babies. Maybe not at three in the morning as much, but we love babies. They're adorable, they're, they're huggable, they're lovable, and they're vulnerable. To be a baby is to be the most vulnerable person possible. You can't survive without someone else. And yet, when God said he was coming to the rescue, to rescue you, to rescue me, he showed up as a baby, a helpless baby. I mean, there were miraculous signs in the heavens. There was a star. There were angels singing. There were heavenly voices. There was a, a miracle pregnancy. But when all that was over, there was just a baby, <laughs> a needy, vulnerable, lovable baby who was helpless and speechless. You know the story, or do you? Oh, I know you know the key players. Y y you know about a shocked and bewildered but willing teenage girl, and, and you know about a man who was a carpenter with calloused hands that became the stepdad, and you know about smelly shepherds and Persian astrologers, angelic beings, but do you really know the story? We've sung the story in our Christmas carols. Perhaps you were in the Christmas play as a child and you played an important part. You were a, a lamb or donkey or something. But you know, do you know the real point of the story? Why God showed up, as of all things, as a baby, a helpless baby. There's a familiar part of the story that we read about. It's well known to not just to Christians, but to Muslims and atheists as well. It's found in Luke 2. Let me just read it to you, remind you of the familiar part. It says in Luke 2, verse 1, Now it came about in those days the decree went out from Caesar Augustus that a certain census be taken at all, in all the inhabited earth. This was the first census taken while Quirinius was governor of Syria. And all were proceeding to register for the census, every one to his own city. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the city of Nazareth to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, 
because he was of the house and the family of David. In order to register along with Mary, who was engaged to him and was with child. And it came about that while they were there, the days were completed for her to give birth, and she gave birth to her firstborn son, and she wrapped him in cloths and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. And we read that story and we go, it's a baby. In fact, it's a baby boy. I was thinking about it that nobody in that time frame knew if they were going to have a boy or girl before it was born, but, but Mary did. She knew it was going to be a boy. But that's not the whole story. That is just the introduction to the story. Because babies don't stay babies. And neither did Jesus. Yes, God became a baby. That's incredible. It's incomprehensible. It's even inconceivable. But why did God show up as a baby? I've heard that there are these funny pregnancy suits that a husband can wear so he can simulate what it's like to be pregnant so he knows how his wife feels being pregnant. Now, I'm no expert on this by any means, but I would think that any man who thinks that that helps him understand what it's like to be pregnant doesn't have a clue. And if you bought one of those suits this season, I'd get rid of it. For a husband to understand what it's like for his wife to be pregnant would take a miracle. And that's why we have a miracle birth. Why God became a baby. So that he could understand you. So that he could understand exactly what it means to be you. You see, before God became a baby, he only knew things in his head but not experientially. But God became a baby that grew up, and as a baby, he was completely helpless, powerless, fully dependent on others, and God got to experience what that feels like. And as the God-man Jesus grew up, he began to understand what it means to have good days and bad days. He understood what it meant to be mistreated and misunderstood by friends and family members, to be criticized for your family background and your upbringing. He understands it from experience. Jesus is God in human flesh, and he knows from personal experience what it's like to get tired, to get sick, to suffer, and to die. Listen, God became a baby so he would know exactly how you feel. In fact, there is no other way for God to fully understand how you feel, how I feel, without becoming human. But there's more to the story than that because it's his story. That's why we call it history. The story starts out with a baby that's beautiful and helpless and vulnerable. The baby grows to be a man, and he experiences triumph and tragedies. He experiences the things that you and I experience. But you and I need more than just someone who can relate to how we feel. That's really helpful, but we need someone who can fix the problem. So yes, God understands how you feel. He understands the struggles and the problems, but he does more than just comfort us. He has come to right the wrongs. He has come to take a shattered, ruined life and recreate it into a masterpiece. He has come to reverse what death has brought into our lives. 
and to give us life and to give us eternal. That is his story. Because you and I don't just need a baby. We need a Savior. And that's what we're told in, in Matthew chapter 1. When the Virgin Mary was being told it was going to be a boy, it says in Matthew 1 verse 18, now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child by the Holy Spirit. And Joseph, her husband, being a righteous man and not wanting to disgrace her, desired to put her away secretly. But when he had considered this, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for that which has been conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. And she will bear a son, and you will call his name Jesus. For it is this baby who will save his people. Jesus means Yahweh. That's the Hebrew way of saying the Lord God saves. Jesus became a baby not so only so he could experience what we experience, but also so he could rescue and save us. The Old Testament prophet Isaiah in chapter 9, verse 2, he tells us that we live in darkness. He says, the people who walk in darkness will see a great light. Those who live in a dark land, the light will shine on them. We light the Advent candles and the center candle, the Christ candle, remind us that we live in a dark world. And it seems to be getting darker, but that makes the light shine even brighter. And Jesus came to shine a light. And then Isaiah goes on to say, Isaiah 9, 6, for a child will be born to us. A son will be given to us. We're celebrating that tonight. But that is the beginning of the story. And Isaiah tells us the end of the story. He said, and his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, Prince of Peace. Why? Because there will be no end to the increase of his government or of peace on the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and to uphold it with justice and righteousness from then on and forevermore. And what Isaiah says is that we have a baby who's come. And that baby has come to rescue us and set up his kingdom forever and ever and ever. A perfect world. Some years ago, a young mother in our church told me a beautiful Christmas tradition that they have in their family. She would set up a nativity set on a very low table so her little son, who was about four or five years old, could see it easily. But she wouldn't put baby Jesus into the nativity set until Christmas Day. And she told her son that you'll know when it's Christmas when you see Jesus. So every day, day after day, week after week, this little boy would run downstairs and look at the nativity set, and there was no Jesus. Until one day, he runs down. He sees all these presents under the Christmas tree. He runs past the tree and the presents, and he sees baby Jesus in the nativity set, and he shouts excitingly, Mommy, Mommy, Jesus has come, Jesus has come, Jesus has come. But that's just the beginning of the story, the beginning of his story. But he has come to fix everything and to invite you to join him to reign in his kingdom forever and ever and ever.
Would you pray with me? I'd like to ask you to bow your heads, but I'd like you still to listen. There's something about a rescue that you have to cooperate. And Jesus has come to rescue you and me. But I want to ask you, while your heads are bowed and eyes closed, so you have a private moment, have you let him rescue you? If you believe the full story, that Jesus was born as a baby, lived, died as a man, on the cross for your sins, that he rose from the grave, that he conquered death, that he's coming back to bring those who have received him into their lives into heaven with him. If you believe that, but you've never asked Christ to come into your life, I urge you right now to embrace the full story and to ask Jesus Christ to come into your life to save you and to give you eternal life. Saying something like, Lord Jesus, I believe. Come into my life and rescue me. Lord Jesus, we just thank you for your rescue. We love you, Lord Jesus. Amen.